Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> It's Vinny from Shawshank Firearms. Hey, let me ask you a question. Did you just get hit with like an ungodly amount of water? Did you just watch your shed float down the street? Does your backyard look like the Atlantic Ocean? Well, if it does, you should come down to Shawshank Firearms and buy yourself a gun, because that will make you feel better. See you soon. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. The best thing about being a sponsor of the Planet Mikey Show is you're a sponsor for life. Forever, yep. You know, we don't forget about you just because this week you didn't spend, uh, you know, what does it cost about an ad on 15 bucks? <laughs> just because you didn't spend. We still remember you. That's we, right. We refer to you. We respect you. And we will continually hound you for more money. That's right. Shawshine Firearms, 12 Hadley Street, Bill Rickham, Mass, 978-667-3060. Yeah, it should get you a box of ammo. There you go. You know. No, he, that's a great, great guy there, and uh, we, we love uh, Vinny. Uh, and by the way, we also love all of our other sponsors, like Richie, Richie uh, and uh, the Giacomo's and Melrose and the oh, Public yeah. Kitchen's Restaurants. It's the sauce. We love Richie. Yeah, yeah. He's an old friend of ours. How about Bob Cates comes on the show, gives everybody a, a discount on the My Grandma's Coffee Cake, just like that. Boom. He was great. Just like, it was like, a, yeah. it was like a, an executive order from the president, except it made more sense. And we... We have now that Mikey Five. You put you you, you call up with the or now you call up or you uh, put the promo code on the website and you get five bucks off. Bang, just like that yep. off the world's greatest coffee cake. cake. <laughs> and that's mygrandma.com. That's correct? right. Yeah. And Dr. Robert Leonard. One eight hundred eight my grandma. Oh, well, that's or eight one. grandma. Yeah. Thanks. See, it, Sorry. and it sticks. The, the messages stick. It does. Uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Leonard, of course, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, and he's he's kind of given most of the. Uh, you know, business to uh, Dr. Matthew Lepresti, who's like a genius with permanent hair restoration. Yeah. All these are these are advertisers that we respect, but most of all, Pro Automotive and Webster and Dudley. I got to tell you, those guys are f great. Yeah. My cars are running tippity top, as the Beatles would say. They're running the top of most of the pop of most of right, right. Mm -hmm. Can they fix my horn? They can, can fix, they fix your horn. Yeah, the horn. I told you what yeah. to do. Yeah. I turn to the left, it beeps. I turn to the right, it beeps. Center when I need it. No. Nope. You need the brand new Mark Bellhorn for oh. your car. When you turn to the left, it dings yeah. like a bell. And when you turn to the right, it, it honks like a horn. So you know which way you're going. Well, it's the Mark Bellhorn. It's a it's a it's a <laughs> bell and a horn. Rolled into what? <laughs> now Ben, you went to yes, Pro sir. Automotive, and, and did they take good care of you? They took great care of me. I needed a catalytic converter. Ooh. Oh, brutal. Yep. So an expensive thing. I go to the place I normally go to around me. Uh, don't mention any names. No, I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> but you know, another reason why you don't go to a dealership. But it's the only place around me. And they quoted me... $3,800. Yep. That's wow. right. Yeah. That's big money. Parts yeah, and that labor. That is big money. Oof. And uh, so I was like, you know what? That sounds a little pricey for a car that's uh, a 2014 Ford Explorer. So yeah. I said, let's call our friends at Pro Automotive. And I spoke to Morgan. And you drove in because it was it's an hour away from my it's house. It's not close, but it was worth the drive. It was absolutely worth the drive because parts and labor from them, 
came to I think it was just twenty four hundred dollars. Oh man, you just saved, under twenty four. So you saved 50, so I saved about fifteen hundred dollars. Look at that. That's worth a tank of gas. Yeah. Where, no matter where you're That's going. That's right. Pro Automotive, Webster and Dudley, Massachusetts. Let but that you. wasn't because like you know the show. No, that was just because they're a much better <laughs> job. So you didn't they didn't even there. know because they're not ripoffs. Do you know who I am? No, because they wouldn't know who I am. Because well, I don't know who I am. But, well, even after you tell them they don't know who you are, they forget your name But Morgan, Amber, they were absolutely fantastic. Yep. Got my car done in two days. Gave me a loaner so I could make sure I got to work and everything like that. It was That's awesome. Cool. Brother, they were great. They're professionals, and they care about the customer because they want you to come back and visit them whenever you have an issue, and that's yep. how you do business. That's right. ProAutomotiveMA.com is their website, and they are really great people. Did we cover all those sponsors? Is there any sponsors that we don't have that we didn't mention? I can't think of any. No. Oh, well, I went can... to Ned's Rubbers Warehouse where you get your rubbers on sale. Really? Yeah, they got all kinds of rubbers. Big ones, small ones, pink ones, green ones. <laughs> it's Ned's Rubber Outlet. I forgot the address. You'll find it. And, and then what happens is with these your rubbers, you just got to make sure you go to the – don't go to the pre-owned department. <laughs> oh, mm. man. <laughs> Yeah. Stay there out of there. Ned will get you right the hell out of there. Wasn't it Johnny Most that did a spot once? He talked about some sporting goods place, and he's where well, our shirts are always half off. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, you know Johnny. Poor Johnny. I wish he was still alive. She could tell us some stories about Glenn. He'd be like hundred and nine. Speaking of which, oh, <clears throat> so I got to tell you that I'm, I've been in this baseball mode of respecting my elders, <laughs> the the guys who. You know, don't play anymore. You, maybe you forgot about them, but if you if you mention their name, oh, I remember that guy. The legends. Because a lot of them are not with us anymore. But I gotta go. I gotta go. Just delve into this for a second and bear with me because there's some fun, cool, creep, crazy, kooky stuff in here. Should I start with the birthday today? What's today? The eighth. Today's, Today's the eighth. The eighth. Yep. Eight eight. Now, Veda Pinson. No, you go what? Pitcher. Um, nope. Hitter, fleet-footed, 170-pound, 5'11 outfielder who got it done in the field and hit the ball very, very well, and he stole it. Fleet-footed. Veda Pinson, born in 1938, played for the Reds mostly. August 11th. That's his birthday. Well, that says August 11th, but mine says August 8th. Huh. Did you write yours? (laughs) Veda probably lied. All right, you know what? Fuck Veda Pinson. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking guy's dead anyway. Who gives a shit? Oh, man. <laughs> no, what were you going to say now? No, 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 no. That's it. You screw up on your birthday. Uh, I don't want any part of you. Yeah. There it is. It's Let's back. move on to another guy, August 8th. Hopefully this is... Would you check my accuracy? <laughs> I'm check this one, too. I hope they're all August 11th. Frank Howard. What do you know about Frank Howard? Frank, he had a brother. Power El- hitter. Elston. Big power. For the... The time of the White Sox. For the, and he, the goes, he goes Orioles? power hitter for the. I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's right. Senators, there. Senators, and the Dodgers. Dod- he was the Dodgers. He got traded to the Senators and he became their their first megastar. Mm. But here's what here's the beautiful thing. He was six foot seven. Jesus. And he was a gigantic man, a, a mountain of a man. In fact, his nicknames were Hondo. That was yeah. Hondo. Yeah. The, the Washington Monument, they called him, because he was so big. That's a good one. And he played for the Senators. And the Capitol Punisher. Wow, that's a good one, too. Yeah. And well, the thing about him is, is he was, uh, he's, he, by the way, he's still alive. He's born in 1936, so he's like 87 today. Wow. I think today. Yep. And I met him, talked to him at Fenway. Big, giant guy, great, very talkative. You know, in fact, he wouldn't shut up. But I'm not going to say anything. The guy's 6'7". He'd crush you. He'd crush you. He had these giant bats 
40 ounce bats. <clears throat> and when he'd, when he'd be warming up for his string, he'd be shaking it around like a whiffle bat. It was like he, it was like he was holding a whiffle bat. It was so looked so light in his mm. hands. The guy hit the ball a mile. And the biggest year he had was the year of the pitcher. He think he had 48 home runs and finished second to Harmon Killebrew. He was a huge guy and just an interesting cat. Um, he's 87 today. 87? Yeah. Good going. Fourth. I bet she's not 6'7 anymore. <laughs> Probably six six now. He's probably, he's probably shriveled down to six. Rookie five of the year in nineteen sixty. Yeah, and he, the Dodgers traded him. He had a bad year for the Dodgers, and he became the biggest slugger in the history of the Washington Senators. Okay, now played he, for Ted Williams as manager. Yes, he did. How about that? Good Ben. Give Ben a, a dingle. Hold on. A dingle. Yeah. It's a dingleberry point. Uh, oh. There you go. There we go. All right. What do you know about? Uh, on August 9th, and we're going to do the whole week because we don't we, we meet once a week, you guys, and that's more than enough for all of us. Yeah. On August 9th, which is tomorrow, <laughs> Julian Javier. Julian. Also born in 1936, along with Frank Howard. What was he famous for, Julian Javier? Yeah, he, he stole a lot of bases. No, well, I don't know. He, he's a great defensive second baseman, but he could run fastest from home plate to first base. Julian Javier and the kids, American kids who didn't speak Spanish, would call him Julian Javier yeah. because they didn't know that you know the J is a is a is an H sound in the Spanish language. See, si. Julian Javier, whose son Stan Javier yeah. played in the major leagues, he broke up the no hitter that Jim Lonborg was throwing in the World Series with a double. Uh, Julian Javier was a one-hitter. Lomborg pitched a one-hitter in the World Series, and, and the only hit was a double by Julian Javier. How's what that? A, what a jerk. See? But I remember this shit. I saw Julian Javier in 64 World Series when I was 10 years old, and then, of course, in the 67 World Series against the Boston Red Sox. He was a good player, but one of the few bespectacled players in the major leagues. Wow. There weren't that many. Mm-hmm. Rich Rollins. Frank Howard. Frank Howard. Right. And this isn't even the theme of my... Thing here, but they both happen to have be be, be spectacled. Was it Bruce? Is Chris Sabo up next. <laughs> what was his nickname? Oh, uh, uh, the the band uh, Spuds. No, they named him after uh, that was a Devo. Oh, Devo. They called him Devo because of glasses. Anyway, but see, this is what's ba- what makes baseball better. People think about other things aside from, you know, how many yards did you get on the ground carrying in the game or how many patches. No, you, you, you talk about the person a little bit. You get to know the player. And that's why I hate when these free agency has changed it because they change teams all the time. You can't, you can't root for a guy or associate him with a team. You know, Al Kaline was always a Detroit Tiger. Mm. But Dave Winfield played for the Padres, and he played for the Cleveland Indians, and the, the Yankees, New York Yankees and, and the Blue Jays, and, and, the, twins and the Twins. And, you know, I mean, it ruins it. Yeah. All right. Also born on August 9th, Soup Campbell. Soup Campbell. Bill Campbell, they called him Soup for obvious well, reasons. Yeah. yeah, he had soup dripping out of his ass. <laughs> no, he, That's uncomfortable. That's a terrible thing to say about What was guy. Soup's claim to fame? Well, you know, he, he passed away, like, uh, this year. Mm. In January of this year, at the age of uh, well, he's born in 1948. So, what? He I'm must be at him right now. Is this a different guy? No, that's that's an old guy, Soup Campbell. You know, anybody that had the name Campbell, they would just call them Soup. And boy, it was mm good, wasn't it? <laughs> so, which one was it? Bill Campbell, the relief pitcher for the Red Sox. There you go. Okay. There he is, right there. He was one of the first big free agent contracts the Red Sox gave out. They gave him a big free agent contract in 77. He was okay. In 78, he was like fireman of the year. And then his arm went shitty on him, and he couldn't throw anymore. And they had paid him all that big money back then. It was like, you know, a million and a year, a million and a half a year. Wow. He was awesome the year he got here, and then it fell off. 
Yeah. The year he got here was great. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, he died on January 6th. Th- this year. Hmm. Yeah. Was he part of the uh, demonstration at the Capitol? So, God rest his soul. It's a Soup Campbell, reliever. Bill Lee knew him well because they pitched together. Uh, also born on August 9th, which is tomorrow. Yeah. Ralph Houck. Ralph Houck was manager of the Red Sox. He was also manager of the Yankees. He was also general manager of the Yankees. He was also a shitty third-string backup catcher for the Yankees. But his baseball career was based around front office stuff. you know. And the Red Sox and the Yankees, I think they called him the, the, the major or, the, or something. He was like... He's an army ranked army guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Houck was born in 1919. He died in 2010 at the age of 90. Wow! And Ralph Houck wore number 35. Number 35. Um, okay, this is good. Rocky Calavito. Now he's Italian. I think you can tell when his name was Rocco Calavito. I think I used that olive oil. That, that he was an Italian guy. Yeah. Handsome man, dimple chin, big power. One of the few people in Major League history to have four home runs in one game. Hmm. I think Willie Mays did it. Gehrig did it. Not many. Um, Rocky Calavito, born in 1933, still alive. His 90th birthday is, what's the 10th? Uh, when's the 10th? Coming up this week. Thursday. Uh but the great story about him, by the way, Rocky Calavito, as handsome a devil as he was, a Major League Baseball player, married to the same lady since 1954. 69 years he's been married, and he's 90 now. Now, speaking of the same person, when he hit those four home runs in a single game, was yeah. it from the same pitcher? Uh, Doubt it. You no, know, probably not. They probably, probably got that guy out of there after, yeah, after the third <laughs> one. He's like, <laughs> I don't you know, think you Rocky's coming that. up. I think we're going to pull you. Uh, so the, here, here's the Louis, the Louis Tion story. Rocky and, and Louis played together on the Cleveland Indians, right? So Louis's always the prankster in the locker room. So one day, Rocky Calavito had a big, I don't know if it was the four-home run game, but he had a big game, and the, and the media was crowded around him, you know, all the writers with their pads and the writing. And... and they're all crowded around Rocky, and behind him, all of a sudden, they're asking Rocky about the game. Louie had put his schlong in a hot dog roll <laughs> and put mustard on it. For real? Yeah. He put mustard on it in a hot dog roll and put it on, on Rocky's shoulder while he was being interviewed by the press. So here's Louie's, you know, and he goes, he goes, hey, hey, Rocky, you want a hot dog, man? And he didn't even look at Louie. He goes, no, no, Louie, he just kept looking because he's being interviewed. Come on, man, it's good for you. It's a hot dog. You want this hot dog? Like, no, I don't want it. He wouldn't even look. The press is dying because... Were know. they taking pictures? Oh, well, no, they didn't know. But, oh, man. I mean, that's so funny, isn't it? Oh, God. It's a famous, the famous, <laughs> most famous Rocky Calavito interview story. But Louie was like that, you know? I told him what he did with <coughs> with Raditz at the, down at the fantasy camp. You know, Louie would sit on the pile of towels. Oh, so the, yeah. yeah, the campers would come out. He'd take the one, the, fr- the one from right under his ass, and he'd give it to the next camper when they come out of the shower. <laughs> Shoot next, and he was sitting nude on the towel pile. And so uh, Raditz goes by, and uh, Tion used to smoke cigars in the shower. And he didn't care. He smoked them all the time. I'd say, Louie, how do you smoke cigars in the shower? He'd go, you got to have moves, man. <laughs> you know. So, so then. Raditz goes walking by. He goes, hey, Tion, why don't you put out that fucking turd you're smoking? And Tion goes, 
hey, monstro, fuck you, man. It's better than your breath. <laughs> he goes, at your house, you don't need black flag. You just go, oh, and all the fucking bugs die. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all the cameras are dying because he's shitting on Raditz. Anyway, Louis was great, and he did that with Rod Cover. It's a true story. Uh, speaking of Raditz, another guy that had a story about Raditz, Bill Mambouquet was a Red Sox pitcher. Mambo. Oh, you know, it's too bad you can't find that song, Ben, in, in the 14 seconds you're, you're allotted here, called Mambo Time, M-O-N-B-O, Time. Different word. No, it's a separate word. Uh, song. There it is. Okay. Mom, oh, no, that's not it. Mambo Time by the, uh, it's a Boston-based band. It, uh, uh, anyway, I don't think you can find it now. Okay. Bill Mambo Kett was a, a, born in Medford, Massachusetts, pitched, drafted by the Red Sox at age 18. And uh, he was a, he was a good, good player for the Red Sox. He won 20 games for the Red Sox one season. Wow. But Mambo passed away a few years ago in 2015 of cancer, and I had seen him at a few golf tournaments, and he told me this story. I asked him, I said, Mambo, what was the longest home run you ever gave up? And Mambo goes, oh, there's no question. It was Frank Robinson. And uh, he goes, it was in Cleveland. And the, he says that the, the dugouts, the uh, bullpens, rather, were out, way out and left in center field, way far away from the playing field. And uh, he, the ball went way past the bullpen and into the parking lot behind the bullpen, way far away from home plate. And so he crushed it. And, and um, the Mambo left the game. He went and he, he, they took him out. And he sat on the, on the bench in the dugout. And the bullpen phone rang. And it was Raditz in the bullpen. And he says, hey, Mambo, how did you hold that one? <laughs> hey, is this the <laughs> Just song? a pitcher joke, you know. It's purely pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, it's Mumbo time. Get ready for Mumbo time. Fenway song. Somebody wrote that about going to Fenway as a kid, and it, it, Mambo was the pitcher. Yep. Sucks. Bill Mambo. That was the band was Barry and the Remains. They played with the Beatles. They're local guys. Yep. Yeah, local guys. Uh, anyway, that's enough about Mambo time. But God rest his soul. He was a funny guy, profane and and <laughs> competitive and pissy and one. He was, he was, but he was a great guy to talk to. He had real, real good stories. Um, okay, uh, also having a birthday on the thirteenth of August. Tony Cloninger. Now, why is he famous? Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> tell you right now. Uh, Tony Cloninger was a pitcher, but he fancied himself as a hitter as well. And in one game against San Francisco, Tony Cloninger, the starting pitcher, helped his team's cause with two grand slams and nine runs batted in. Wow. wow. He drove in nine. Now, both of those are still Atlanta Braves records, single-game bests, two grand slams in a game. No pitcher in the history of baseball has ever done that except Tony Cloninger. Did they give him a bonus or something? They gave him a boner. Yeah. <laughs> he died in 2018 at the age of 78, but you can bet. Somebody at his funeral mentioned the two grand slams. Everybody in baseball knows that name only because Tony Cloninger is the only guy that ever did Can we it. talk about the stupidity of baseball for a second? Because we talked about it on my show, and, and you just you alluded to it. That's why I was thinking about it. You're talking about a pitcher who hit two grand slams, and we're fawning over Shohei Otani, which is amazing what he's doing. Don't sure. get it twisted. Oh, no, he's great. But forever, baseball just, these guys could hit. These pitchers could hit. 
great athletes. Many of them were great basketball players. Well, like, so my brother, uh, my brother, my dad was listening to the segment we were talking about on the air because I was just kind of ragging on baseball for being in the Stone Ages forever. Yeah. And my dad starts saying, like, look up Earl Wilson. Could have been a 30 home run hitter. Tremendous. No problem. Dookie, they call him. He had like 15 home runs as a pitcher. Well, he had seven per year, almost every single year. I mean, he was unbelievable. Uh, and he, because he swung so hard and he was a really talented power hitter. Uh, last time I saw him was with Raditz in 99 when the All Star game came in. I said, That's Earl Wilson. He goes, No. Raditz goes, No, it is. And I said, You played with the guy. He goes, That is Dookie. <laughs> they called them Dookie. Dookie. Yeah. Earl, you know. He had 35 career home runs. Yeah. In. John Drysdale could hit uh, really, really well. Uh, Sam McDowell. There, there got a lot of guys who could just swing the bat. And you know, you know, those were the guys that were star baseball player on the team, and they just turned out to be better pitcher than they were, or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, baseball was stupid and wasted, and it's like, oh no, you're a pitcher. You don't really hit. Babe, babe <laughs> Ruth, man. Think of the money he could have made in this day and age being a pitcher, uh, an Otani type He'd of be guy. Shohei Otani. That's right. Except he would not be Japanese. You know, they treat those guys like drum- no. drummers in a band. Babe sure. Ruth would not turn Japanese like the Vapors. Do you have that song? Turning Japanese. I'll find it somewhere. I really no, think so. No, what you know that song? That's yes. one of the weirdest songs ever. Because <clears throat> first of all, I don't know that there's really a way to turn <laughs> Japanese. You know, officially. I mean, I know nowadays you say, "Well, I'm a man. I could become a woman. I'm a woman. I could become a man." But listen to this. This is weird. Yeah, it's a strange song. I mean, what if you're like Polish, and and all of a sudden you're going to turn now you're turning Japanese. I think it had something to do with masturbating. That was always the rumor. Yeah. This is a great song. I see your picture. <laughs> I see. I got your picture. <laughs> I think you pick your love. Good tune, though. It's my favorite part right here. But he says, I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Look at these punks. It's kind of racist, I think. No, no. They're just kidding around. I really think so. I really think so. Which is makes awful. No, but that's great because they give it credibility when they say, "No, I really think so." It's a great piece of production. I mean, if they're just saying, "I think I'm turning Japanese," yeah, what? Yeah. No, I really think so. So now oh, it's like, oh, yeah, right. I believe them, everything they say. Uh, also, a couple more finished wrapping up the baseball birthdays. The late Mark the Bird Fidrich, who's, who was my age roughly, would have been 69 uh, this coming Monday, I believe it is. He was and so fun to watch, that guy. What a great guy. So fun to be around. I mean, I, the times I spent with him, he we we, was just fun. It was a ni- And then I saw him, last time I saw him, he was driving a truck over in Northboro. <laughs> like a farm, big farm truck thing and. You know, that's how he died, fixing his own truck. Say, you saw him that day? No, no, it wasn't the same day, but he drove that truck every day when he retired. It was like, it was just a, a wonderful guy. I miss him. Why'd they call him the bird? 
because uh, he looked like a Big Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, Big Bird was just newly popular, and Mark Burfitt <laughs> was a big, tall, gangly. You know, he looked uncoordinated until he threw the ball, and you just couldn't hit it. He was so great. He made the Tigers. They they had empty houses, and all of a sudden, whenever Mark Bur- the Bird Fitters would pitch, they had a full house. Forty seven thousand people would show up. That's great. They loved him. Great guy from Northboro, Mass. Now here's the final birthday. Ready? Earl Weaver. If you don't know anything about Earl Weaver, you weren't watching baseball in 69, 70, 75, you know, all those. Right through 83, I think he was the manager, wasn't he? Yeah, and then he came back again for a short stint in like 85. Smoked like two packs a day. He was a drinker. His voice was raspy, but here's the funny Always thing. looked 75. Oh, yeah. He liked Sparky Anderson. You know, yeah. life treated him in a harsh <clears throat> way. Uh, Earl Weaver was born uh, in 1930. So he's 90. I mean, he's dead. But he, uh, what, 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 what year is it? He would be 93. He would be 93. He's dead. But he, when he was alive, I lo- even though I hated the Orioles because they were competition, he was so great and funny to watch. I'd like to play a little audio for you uh, of him uh, arguing with the, with the uh, umpire, Bill Haller, because he argued with the umpire. And he was, so, he was 5'2". Yeah. You know, I mean, Earl Weaver was that little dinky guy. Here's some audio from him talking to umpire Bill. Behind the rubber. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit yourself. You're here, and this crew is here just to fuck us. Yeah. Boom. Throw him out. That's great. And you suck. You suck. Yeah, because you Look, put your finger on me. I'm glad you hit me. That's you right. I'm glad you hit me. That's You're here for one goddamn specific reason. What's that, Earl? To fuck us. Ah, you're <laughs> full of shit. <laughs> fuck you. Your purse is fuck you. And don't you ever put your finger on me. You hit me, Earl. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Typical Earl Weaver stuff there, but beautiful. You know, because those guys could yell at each other. All, and they, the, sometimes the yelling went on for like five minutes. When baseball was baseball. <laughs> You're here just to fuck us. <laughs> so, so anyway, Earl Weaver also had a little thing that he did on a nightly basis after the games. His manager's corner, maybe it was weekly, manager's corner with Earl Weaver. And there was a classic. One day they just said he, he decided he was going to say whatever he wanted to, and they had an outtake version. They obviously did it recorded. But here is that. This is great. And now to the manager's corner with Earl Weaver. Hi, everybody. This is Earl Weaver with Manager's Corner. Today, I have Tom Moore, Oreo broadcaster, back on the show. And I understand Tom's been getting some mail uh, with questions that supposedly I can answer. Now, what the fuck are some of these goddamn questions, Tom? Well, first of all, Earl, George Moore from Baltimore is asking how much we feel the loss of uh, Don Stanhouse. Well, Don Stanhouse was an asshole. He had us in trouble, had the fucking bases loaded. God damn it, almost every fucking time he went out there, he liked to ruin my health smoking cigarettes, and thank God we got Timmy Stoddard coming in out of the bullpen right now, sticking a bat up their asses, and that's what it takes. Well, Bill Whitehouse, Earl, that, that certainly is an answer from uh, Frederick Merrill, wants to know why you and the Orioles don't go out and get some more team speed. Team speed, for Christ's sake. You get fucking goddamn little fleas on the fucking bases, getting picked off, trying to steal, getting thrown out, taking runs away from you. You get them big cocksuckers that can hit the fucking ball out of the ballpark and you can't make any goddamn mistakes. Uh, well, well, certainly this show is going to go down in history, Earl. Terry Elliott of Washington, D.C. Why wants to know why you don't use Terry Crowley as a designated hitter all the time. 
Well, Terry, Terry Crowley's lucky he's in fucking baseball, for Christ's sake. He was released by the Cincinnati Reds. He was released by the fucking goddamn Atlanta Braves. We saw that Terry Crowley could sit on his fucking ass for eight innings and enjoy watching a baseball game just like any other fan and has the ability to get up there and break one open in the fucking ninth. So if this cocksucker had mind his own business and let me manage the fucking team, we'd be a lot better off. Well, certainly you've made your opinions known on the fans' questions about baseball, Earl, but let's get to something else. Alice Sweet from Norfolk wants to know the best time to put in a tomato plant. Alice Sweet ought to be worried about where the fuck her next lay's coming from, rather than where her next goddamn tomato plant's coming from. If she'd get her ass out to fucking bars at night and go hustling around the goddamn street, she might get a prick stuck in her once in a while. I don't understand where these questions are coming from, Tom. That's about it from Manager's Corner. Go fuck yourself and the fuck with your show coming up next on the Baltimore Oreo Baseball Fucking Network. Oh, man. <laughs> That's classic. You know, it would have been great if the so interviewer... Or the guy asking the questions had no idea this was going to happen. So you heard what was going on with the the Orioles right now, right? Yeah. With their broadcaster. Their broadcaster said something that was perfectly normal, was part of the game notes put out by the Orioles. He said something that seemed derogatory about how they can never beat the Tampa Bay Rays they down in Tampa Bay. They made graphics for it. They had graphics. is all ready to go as a, you know, it's part of the part of the official record. And he said it on the air. They fired the guy for being negative about Suspended the team. Him. Suspended him, right? No, I mean, was it the way he said it? He said it. In a, he's a it good broadcaster. He, yeah. he did it normal. Was fine. You know, uh, it was unbelievable. The Orioles just they got pissed about it. It's not like he went on like Earl Weaver and be like, "These fucking cocksuckers can't win a game <laughs> against this team." How about Earl Weaver though? I mean, you imagine that guy being your manager. What, what, what a funny bastard he is. Anyway, he, oh, he, what the fuck was that, Adams? <laughs> well, he was. He, we had Jason Wolf. He was never like that, but he was the same size, well, roughly. But, you know, I mean, this guy was just uh, notorious, and the umpires hated him, but they also thought he was pretty amusing. Yeah, yeah. probably respected him, though, you know? You know what I have now for you gentlemen out you there? You come here once a week. <laughs> you know why? To fuck us. To fuck us. I have some news items. Ooh. News? Yeah, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm a full-service podcaster. Now the news with Mike Adams. <sighs> By the way... One of our former sponsors here, or no, again, sponsors for life. Sponsors, yeah. Resonate. Mm. That's where I get the Blue Dream. R E S I N A T E. Yeah, resonate. Resonate. Oh, oh yeah. you Blue can dream. spell. Well, yeah. Blue Dream. I'm looking at the shirt. And now the news. <laughs> a Florida suspect was recently arrested for manslaughter after allegedly beating up a man on a golf course in June. Robert Moore, age 76, charged with one count of aggravated manslaughter. Manslaughter. On an elderly person, the victim, 87-year-old Dean Zook, died. Weeks after the confrontation, due to the injuries that he incurred, mm. what happened was they were at Glenview Country Club in the villages, Florida's friendliest hometown. The violent villages. The victim accidentally hit a car. The the eighty-seven-year-old guy accidentally hit a car that Moore, the attacker, believed was his, prompting a confrontation. The victim admitted to hitting the vehicle with his vehicle and asked to exchange insurance information. The unknown subject then struck the 87-year-old victim in the jaw with a closed fist, pushing him backwards. Zook attempted to protect himself. He's 87. Yeah. But he was unable to. Moore left after realizing that the car did not belong to him. Oh, Wasn't his car. Idiot. Killed the guy. Zook passed away July 16th, a day before his 88th birthday. Oh, man, that's terrible. Oof. That's terrible. And they had already bought cake. Bad for both of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Is it a my grandma's coffee cake? Now, the guy who attacked wasn't a my grandpa's. Authorities were able to arrest Moore after they discovered an article about him scoring a hole-in-one. In November of 22, he was wearing the same shorts, shoes, and sunglasses he was during the incident, and that's how they busted the murderer. Jesus, criminals. Buy new clothes. Murdering bastard. Yeah. We say it once. We've said it a thousand times on the show. If you're going to commit a crime, throw your clothes away after. You know, it's funny. I, I, I son of a bitch. You know, I, I said that to your dog, Buddy, when I walked in. I said, you did? Buddy, you son of a bitch. He goes, I know. Oh, yeah. Because he is. Well, he likes that. Well, it's his mom. It's a term of endearment for Buddy. I told you my Jesus joke last week, didn't I? Yep. Okay, good. I don't want to repeat. Oof. Did I tell you my Jesus joke last week? No. Good, because I don't want to repeat. Oh, okay. Have I ever told you guys I don't really, really don't like want to repeat? I don't think you ever told us that Jesus joke. Really? <laughs> I think you did, but you should resurrect it. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I didn't tell it on the man. air? I mean, on the, on the podcast? I don't think so. I don't know. Which one was it? About the prostitute being being stoned to death in Jerusalem? Yeah, I told you that. I remember that now, yes. See, you. the problem is, I say these things, you don't remember them. Well, see, now this will cause... I backed you. If anybody wants to hear that joke, they can listen to the previous episode. Oh, right. Episode 236. It's on there, and it's, yeah. it's classic. Yeah. All right, this just in. <laughs> Hold on, this just in. That's what she said last night. Now the news. With this Michael. just in. Now pull it out. Oh, God. Hold on. Got a prick stuck in her. <laughs> Steve McMichael, who was on the big show with me, Mongo. And Glenn Ordway, Mongo is, is not doing well. Oh. He also was on my TV show. I got to tell you, this guy was absolutely the craziest fucking guy in the history of any broadcast I've ever done. <clears throat> he's anyways. Give me the bad news first. He's hospitalized due to sepsis and pneumonia. Ooh. He's had ALS. Uh, he was in, he's in intensive care now, and he, he's not doing real well. He may spend a week in the hospital. They're waiting on blood and sputum cultures. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. What's that? that? Sound good. What's sputum? Uh, he's been battling ALS for the last couple of years. He revealed his diagnosis April 21, and he's now fully paralyzed and has lost his voice. Oh, that's oh. terrible. Jesus. Let him go. He was recently announced that he was among 12 senior semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he, he spent 13 seasons with the Bears, 92 and a half career sacks, second among franchise history, behind only Richard Dent. He's a good player. And how old Nose is he now? Tackle. How old is he? Uh, he's not that old. Okay. Uh, anyway. Here's the thing. He came on, first of all, on the big show. He, he was being interviewed. It was me and Fr Fred Smurlis, Lenny Clark, and Glenn were, were the panel, you know, the, the show. And he comes in as a guest. First thing he does is he stops at the window in the old, this is at uh, Huntington Avenue. He stops at the window, looks in at us before he comes in. And he does this huge spit hawker on the window. <laughs> spewed him. Just all over. <laughs> he spewed him. Good. All over the window. We're like, holy shit. He comes in. He does the interview with us. He's known as a crazy person. If he takes off his, his sunglasses, you look at his eyes. are like semi-crossed. And it looks like he's going to kill somebody. Yeah, he's probably coked up. He, he goes in. He does this whole interview. And he walks away. Lenny and uh, uh, Glenn says to, to Lenny and me and Fred, he says, Fred, uh. You know, you didn't say anything during that whole interview. Were you, were you intimidated? Fred says, those nose tackles are fucking crazy, <laughs> which is what he was. And then Lenny says, I learned a long time ago, never flick a rhino in the balls. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it was like, that's exactly the feeling when the guy was near you. You didn't know what he did on my TV show, live. 
He sat down right next to me, two feet away. We start talking. Somebody said, people say you're, you're crazy and all this. And he, goes, he goes, you want to see crazy? You want to see crazy? He stands up. Take, and this is a desk, wooden. Takes his head and goes, bam, and slams it on the desk so loud it scared the shit out of me. I jump back. Because that's the last thing I thought he was going to do was hit his own head on the desk. <laughs> and he puts his sunglasses back on and goes, that's crazy. Now, he's the kind of guy you'd want with you in a bar fight. Yeah, yeah. but not after. No. You, you want to drop him off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause he, but anyway, he's, he's in a bad way right now, and he was a crazy guy. And I, have, I witnessed a couple of those episodes, and that's a news item. You know, I got news item. And they've noticed all, they're always dealing with either violence or politics. It's true. I made up my mind today. No politics today. You know why? Because it puts me in a bad mood. Mm, thanks, you know? Mike. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wait till next week to do the podcast. You have more news for us? I do. <laughs> a community in South Florida has an adorable problem on its hands. <laughs> this would be the kicker if we were doing the news at yeah, night. That's right. Now, there's a guy in this room right here who's got a good heart, takes care of when he finds an injured animal like baby bunnies, he, he nurt, nurtures them. He tries to nurse them back to health. And then you brought him to the hospital. Yes, to Tufts. You found baby bunnies in your yard, yep. and you just couldn't do what most people do is stick them in a baggie, throw them in a lake. Nope. What? No, most people do that? Yeah. Not I, bunnies. I love well, bunnies. I saw, the, 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 the mother never came back to the nest, so I, I thought, you know, I will take them. I'll feed them. I got a little bottle. I did the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Well, they, they wouldn't accept it. So I thought, oh, Christ, what am I doing? Well, so you breastfed them. Tufts the Veterinary School. <laughs> I thought about that. Tufts Veterinary School in, uh, in North Grafton. They are... The, the best. They are the best. Yeah, they, yeah. Are. they care. But they took them, and uh, last I heard, they were doing quite well. Well, that's good. I'm always happy to hear good news about bunnies. But here's bad news about something that happened down in uh, Fort Lauderdale area. Mm. Two years after a resident let loose lion head rabbits, those are the ones with the real fluffy collars. Mm-hmm. They're very rare, I guess. According to local lore, the number of rabbits now is outnumbers the 81 homes in the neighborhood. <laughs> The furry invasion has divided the neighborhood's residents. Some have allegedly threatened to shoot the animals or feed them to their snakes. Can you imagine that? Snakes in Florida. There's the other problem. I'm going to feed these, yeah, my no. snakes these nice little bunnies. What are you, an asshole? Yeah. Some want to let the bunnies roam free, which is what I would do. I, we have bunnies all over my neighborhood. And up to, and my, my, my wife goes for a walk. She sees ten bunnies, and she loves bunnies. We yeah. have a bunny. Gunther lives in our family room. The call of the wild. Is that pronounced Gunther? Gunther. He's a flop-eared, you know, he's a pet. I've but they're seen all him. over the neighborhood. He's beautiful. Yeah, he's yeah. nice. Yeah. You know. He comes when you call him. So anyway, uh, they're, they're saying, oh, this is a bad situation for the neighbors there. The rabbits have been grazing. They're saying the, the rabbits could be dead because they're treated with toxic pesticides, these lawns down there. Yeah. Uh, the rabbits are also at the mercy of the area's predators and cars. It's a neighborhood. True. So, and by the way, the people that are trying to take care of them, they require special care because they're different kinds of rabbits. They need exotic veterinarians, not just regular vets, you know, who stick a thermometer up the rabbit's ass to see if they have a <laughs> temperature, and then they go, ah, he's all right. Uh, like high, they need a Cambodian veterinarian well, no, or something? They, 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 they need special treatment. So the, the Rabbit Rescue is the group that's trying to save them. They're preparing for high vet bills, Ooh. maybe even surgery for some of these animals. Uh, and sometimes the only vets that can do the surgeries are three or four hours away. So this is a problem. They just let it, just let it go. They let nature take care of it. Uh, naturally, though, 
since they've uh, since they're rabbits, they they're multiplying like rabbits very quickly. And, <laughs> rabbits don't they, they screw around and then they they don't screw around having the babies. It's like a gestation period of like three weeks. You know, you you get pregnant and then, you just go, and, then oh, and then a month later you're going okay next. You know, it's unbelievable. So that's but that's what rabbits are all about. Uh, and one more, but one more story about animals. You see the Chinese video about the zoo uh, with the bears that look the like sun humans? bears. Yeah. The Chinese zoo says, no, "No, these are not humans in disguise." They said it in English. No, I'm translating. Oh, uh, the uh, su- suggestions that some of its bears at the zoo in Beijing might be people in costumes. They say that's. How do you say bullshit? I in saw Chinese? the video, man. It looked like a guy. It did because he got a hangy, like his jeans were hanging off the back, and it yeah. wasn't right. And then the mouth didn't move. It looked like one of those masks on the, uh, you know, the Planet of the Apes or something. So the sun bears from Malaysia are smaller than other bears and look different from the real thing. But the Hangzhou Zoo said Monday, as some people, th- the posting said, I'll do it in a bear's voice. Go ahead. Some people think I stand like a person. Oh, that's Yogi Bear. That, okay. was, that, was, that was a moose. You want to hear bullshit a... in Chinese? Yeah. Yeah. I'm next next time some Chinese guy's on this show and he says something that's not true, I'm gonna go. Hey, I'm gonna go. And the guy's gonna go, holy shit. How right. did you know that? You wanna hear it in English? Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So sun bears are the size of large dogs. Uh, anyway, who gives a crap about this? It, I don't know why I even put this story in there. But the, the the bottom line is, it's not fake. These are not fake bears. No one's going to go out and hire people to dress up as fake bears when you can have the real thing. Well. <laughs> That's correct. And Finghua FM. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get out of here. You know why? I got. I go. I want to go get some fast food. Fast food. What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Uh, it's hard to tell. Chick Fil A. Anybody? I like Chick Fil A. I'm good. a Chick Fil A guy. I'm a Wendy's yeah. guy. Wendy's. Wendy's. I find oh, the that's Chick-fil-A. your burger over over McDonald's or Burger King. Yes. I find the Chick Fil A chicken to be a bit salty. Do you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I like, I like my so, chicks salty. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, and especially if they got a sister named Peppa. You know, do, do they deliver? No, we're not going to do that. Sorry. No, you know why? I, I just tell my son, Andrew, I said, don't, he says, should I get some Kentucky Fried Chicken or the, and the what's that, DoorDash? Yeah. I said, no. Why? Because you shouldn't get Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> that's bad. Bingo, that's no, just... but it, 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 it's, you get a bucket, it's like, what do you mean it's $14? Yeah. It used to be 6 now everything's gone so f- the the prices on fast food. You know, so. it's, but you know what sucks? It, I, I can't stop eating that stuff. If, if somebody brought a bucket of the chicken yeah. over, I'd be my brain was telling me, "Oh, don't eat that. That's not good for you. It's, you'll clog your arm." I'd start it's not eating even good it. fried chicken either. Oh. But you just keep eating it. Yeah, down the street, not down the street, but in Framingham, about I don't know three miles away from you. You mean Little Rio de Janeiro? <laughs> KFC Taco Bell combo. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a huge Taco Bell fan. I can do. I can destroy Taco Bell. No. Popeye's chicken is killer. That stuff is great. It is. Yeah. Mount Olive. That remember? Remember that story? Popeye's favorite hobby. No. All right. So now, never mind. Never mind all that. I was just going to ask you another question about a fast food restaurant, but I can't remember what I was going to say. So you know what? Forget about it. Oh, man. Because we'll, we'll be here next week, right? Right. Yeah, we'll be here. And uh, right now, 
Joe and Jerry are here. Uh, and Joe and Jerry are going to do a little thing from George Thorogood, I'm, I understand. Oh. Ready? Ready? I'm ready. Good. That baby of mine wouldn't let me in, Joe. So move it on over! Yeah! Rock it on over! True. Move over, little dog. The mean old dog is moving in. All right. She told me not to mess around. But I done let the deal go down. Move it on over. That's yours. Rock it on over. Move over, nice doggy. A big, fat dog is moving in. She changed the lock on my back door. Now my key won't fit that whore. Move it on over. I said rock it on over, Joe. Move over, nice doggy. The mean old dog is moving in. I'm playing the guitar on this part, Troop. Listen to these hot licks. You're shredding it, Joe. It's finger-picking good. Even though I had Kentucky Fried Chicken for lunch, my fingers are greasy. I hear your fingers are always greasy, Joe. You should really become a proctologist and make life easier for everybody. That's really kind of an asshole thing to say, True. <laughs> I get it. She threw me out just as pretty as she pleased. Pretty soon she'll be on her knees. Move it on over. Come on, slide it on over. Move over, little doggy. Big old hog is moving in. Now I'm playing a guitar. You kind of suck, Trooper. Repetitive. Kind of unimaginative. Kind of lame. Kind of triple A. All right, fuck off, Joe. 